to another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm your host Tom, and with me as always are... Ward, Mike, Steve, sorry, I'm finishing, yeah. finishing a drink. <laughs> what? Oh, Ward, that's what, terrible what you... radio. What are you showing us? What oh, is this? Ugly sweaters. <laughs> oh, the Christmas sweaters that are Warhammer related? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, are they selling those on GW's website? Yeah. On oh, their oh, licensed, the licensed product yeah. portion? It's kind of awesome, but also a nightmare. <laughs> They've, they're doing a fuck ton of licensed stuff these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Turns they're... out they like money. They're licensed, yeah. um, like, apparel stuff. Some of it's actually kind of cool, but, yeah. I just wish it wasn't always the same four chapters. Yeah. Like, I understand that they're the most popular ones, but, like, could you give me some orc shit? Well, they had those uh, hoodies a while ago that were, like, the the crazy, like, graphic print hoodie stuff. Like, they had one for the Eldar that I was like, eh, I'd get that, but I would look like a complete psycho wearing that. Yeah. Like, the same thing as they had the Corn Berserker hoodie like that, and then the yeah. Corn Berserker leggings. Yes, Where you yes. put it on, and you'd look like a Corn Berserker. You'd look like a in like bar. super Like, but if you were on solid gold kind of attire, but yeah. it was all Corn Berserker? Yeah, yeah, it was really weird. Yeah. Really. They had an <laughs> Ultramarine one, too. Really? Like of course they did. Ultramarine always an Ultramarine Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's... There's pictures of somebody... Shoulder... Marines? Wearing. Marine apparel without shoulder pads. Yeah, it's not the same. Back to the 80s look, I like it. You need the pauldrons, I think, if you're going to do the marine thing. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. Either way. So, this <laughs> week in hobby. Ward, I'm going to let you start it off. Cause oh, you, uh, shit. You've actually done some things. <laughs> well, thank no. you. No. Um, Try not to sound too surprised. Yeah, no. So, no. I'm working on the night some more. So, I've got all the silver done on the... Three uh, Questorus Knights and the four armatures right now. Um, I've got them all done up with washes and highlights and, and such. Uh, I've got my Anubis heads from Shapeways. Um, Gadgets Plus uh, was the uh, designer of that. And I've got those all airbrushed and done up as well. Um, Which and... look great, I have to say. Those, I, they, I didn't think they were going to turn out as well as they did. Because you were scared of the how dark I was going to go. Because I did yeah. uh, some Google searching of, like, just, like, Anubis artwork, and it was all blackheads. Like, there was yeah. no real variation at all. Uh, some gold in the ears, so I kind of did, like, a yeah. light goldish... There's, if brown. it was slightly teal highlighted or slightly gray highlighted, but it's all black. Uh, it's black. I used the... Um, uh, the secret weapon, yeah, the the rubber, the uh, rubber highlight, like, those three colors, like, that's, like, my new, like, favorite for... For highlighting uh, black surfaces. Yeah, which are, they're really in that uh, coal black, uh, thunderhawk blue. Yeah. Like that sort of wheelhouse for those that aren't familiar. Yeah, so. But they're a great good safety colors. net for you. Oh, uh, that's like, those three, like, I get like lots of tire black uh, to spray on and then like just a few pots of the other the other two and yeah, it's it's golden, so. So just like, just to be clear, when you're want, looking for a safe bet, you're just going with the rubber. I'm going with the rubber. Okay. Um, I hear it's about ninety five percent effective. Uh, we'll see how my game works. Unless it's user error, it's one hundred percent effective unless it's user error. Just saying. Mike, Mike's making some noises. Um, Dude, stop. we're just we're having an educational conversation about birth control. How is this a problem? I thought we were talking about paint. <laughs> so I'm gonna slap a, a couple other colors on. Um, so. The bases are almost done, so I gotta just do the earth on those, which my plan is to hopefully have that all done tonight. Um, put on some uh, other metallics to break up uh, the pieces, and then try to airbrush some armor plates here in the next day or two. Ward, why are you painting all these knights? Um, because you told me to. 
But, no, I, uh, we're playing in the team well, tournament. I'm sure that you. There's a bit of that. Heard. I did tell you to paint. <laughs> it's true. Um, For so the yeah, last two years. So we've got a uh, team tournament coming up here right away, and I want to be better prepared for LVO this yeah. year. So um, the leak, the list, we've tweaked a little bit. So I have a fourth night that is in stages of assembly right now. Yeah, so it's because you're a power gamer. The yeah, the Anubis head is uh, here from Shapeways. I paid extra to express it here to make sure that it was here on time. And I have a set of posable legs on the way that I will be hopefully uh, Which look better than soon. I thought they would. I thought they were going to be pretty chintzy, but they actually look solid. Yeah, and then yeah. once you throw a couple like the armor plates on, yep. it should be good. So some sort of different pose. Uh, thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been working on. And then additional to that, I've also been cleaning up some models because it's been really slow at work with the CN strike. So today I did nothing but work on terrain. So it was pretty fucking awesome. So are you the reason why I was stuck behind a train for 20 minutes Well, today? be prepared. Like, honestly, <laughs> do not... I was not happy, Ward. Okay? So... This, this yeah. podcast is going to transition to Alberta politics. <laughs> oh, dude. So now, now, now that CN is back working, expect long trains. So if you're caught behind uh, something at a crossing, be prepared to wait for a while. So they are uh, extending the amount of cars that they carry uh, make up the strike. Correct. So avoid 50th Street north of uh, of Shore Park I, Freeway. For all I of can't. Our, for all of our international <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're in Edmonton. Uh, 91st Street uh, south of Argyle. They'll have you in Canada traffic beat. <laughs> Mike, how about you? What you been working on? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Let's, let's, uh, okay. I, uh, finished off the, the three eliminators. Oh yeah. Uh, and, the the Phobos, uh, Psyker is done. Yep. And I have built a full set of infiltrators, uh, two impulsors, one executioner, <laughs> uh, one Phobos captain, one Phobos lieutenant. The two impulsors got the main colors done. How about your Invictor? Invictor's got the silver down i still got a gotcha. candy on it and uh the executioner it just has to have details pulled out on it uh, you've painted so... half of the necromunda gangs yeah no half of one gang half of one gang. I, there's actually a game system in existence that i have more painted minis than mike does oh wow, that's a bold claim that he that, has models that, for that mike and i or sorry that tom and i both have more models painted currently yeah. yes Whoa. it's it's insane and when Mike said his stuff was half done, we did have to clarify half of one gang or half of all the gangs. <laughs> it was necessary. There was some confusion in the group chat. And I primed my deluxe, finished all the bases, and I have started on them. Yes! So your record won't hold for two Yeah, I was just going to say, by, short by, the next, victory. by the next episode, we'll be playing catch-up again. Yeah, yeah <laughs> next episode will be like, okay, shit, so I was only planning on playing one gang, but uh, <laughs> Mike's already got four crews done. Uh, I guess I'm going to buy three more boxes of Cotor. <laughs> on the bright side, I don't have to buy any more stuff. I would just have to paint the shit I've had for like a year and a half. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I'm going to get the two new ones from the... Uh, oh, the Dark, Dark Uprising? Uprising too. Yep. So, I need to get a game in with you with Impulsors, because the big thing that's... Um, I want you to play some Impulsors against me, mm -hmm. and uh, 
try out a couple of combos because that's the the big one in competitive 40k that's people are talking about impulsors yeah. haven't had a model so nobody's really seen them in competitive play yet oh okay but there are some combos there that are spicy to say the least don't worry i'm sure they'll go down in points oh man null zone could you imagine <laughs> yeah, you can get uh, the shields on them too. Well, the null zone delivery mechanism, because normally with Marines, getting null zone in somewhere is pretty tough. Just take an impulsor, move it first, and then hop out your dude. Boom. Right? Wait, you what? De deliver a null, uh, null zone takes away all inballs. Yeah, no, I know that, but you said move then to disembark? Yeah, that's the impulsor's thing, is it can move and then the troops can disembark. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, its yeah. rule. That's why people are losing their minds about impulsors, because... They're fucking crazy. Are they allowed to charge afterwards? No. 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 But you can still But they're still allowed to, like, blasters. rapid fire with yeah. their yep, yep. assault doctrine or their yep. tackle doctrine. Fucking and if you're ultra it's CP really then, good, Yeah, right? spend a CP to count as not moving. Yep. Unless you're ultra and it's the second turn and you're already in tactical, then you're oh, good. You're you good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyways, there's some really interesting stuff with just, like, sacrificial life. Why do you get this look of terror in your face, Tom? So, like, Land Raiders can't do it, like, no. open top... Trucks and shit. Oh, I don't. Do I, it. I was telling you, I, we're, this is a little bit for later on. But Marines do everything that my Eldar do better, which is hilarious. They're faster. They shoot better. They have arguably better psychic powers. But you're cheaper. not bitter, right, not Steve? At all. Not at all. White scars being able to advance and charge, fine. It's okay. Come on, psychic awakening, make my Necrons good. <sighs> Anyways, I really want to play some games against the Impulsors and see what they can do. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, for myself, I'm also in the same boat as uh, Ward for painting up some stuff for a tournament. So I got two Night Spinners, finished up. One was already kind of half done from like 10 years ago, honestly. <laughs> uh, I got the the old Forge World one when I was still, I think, working at GW, so it might be closer to 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I re-airbrushed it to give it a little bit more contrast, redid the guns, uh, and then painted up a new one. So I now have two Night Spinners. Uh, and I st finished up most of two weapons platforms as well, and that's what I've been working on. So, did you paint a whole new night spinner or just yep. the turret? Whole new night spinner. Okay. Yep. That I know there. that's that's an old Steve life hack. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> just <laughs> paint Eldar turrets and yeah. keep reusing the same Falcon over and over. <laughs> that is a great life hack. I did that once with a. Uh, this is this is a bit of a. Yeah, it's fine. Nobody cares now. I got asked to paint up a uh, fire prism for the like store unveiling or whatever of the model because they used to do that where they would give the new kits that came out to people to paint and then put them in the store case which was a great fucking policy I great, great policy i absolutely loved it but i was uh, a little bit neglectful in getting things done on time so boom just paint the turret slap it on an old falcon you're finished good way to get things done provided you just have a shitload of eldar tanks sitting around that are painted <laughs> so that's what i've been working on uh not too much beyond that dan how about you um, Necromunda stuff, really. So, the last couple days I've gotten another, like, four or five of the Gene Steeler cult guys uh, finished and varnished and all good. So, you finished up my one of my favorite models, the Biophagus. Biophagus? Yep, he's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really sweet model, and I'm debating whether or not to use him as a leader in my gang. Ah, okay. Because the... I know nothing about what they do in Necromunda. Um, well, basically, he would be, like, he's not actually in the list as, like, the actual 40k model. Um, but I was planning on using him as the rogue doctor model that actually very rarely would get use on the tabletop, basically just if somebody's attacking like one of your home territories. Gotcha. And they fail their role to run the fuck away. But, um, so like, it could have possibly came up in, in that context, but I might actually use him as a leader instead just because the, um, the equipment that you would have to put on 
the uh, what is it called the Primus. Yep. Yep. To make him look like the model, like with the, um, the needle pistol. Yep. Um, there isn't a bone sword rule for the gang anymore, so it would be like a power sword, which is way more expensive. And just the model's cost gets like really out of hand quickly. You said any more that used to be? Um, yeah, so they, they've redone huh. the Gene Steeler cult rules a couple times, because they were in White Dwarf, then they were in um, a PDF on the Warhammer community site. Yeah. And then they've been posted again to um, the Book of Ruin, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they're and they've had a couple of minor changes to the gang every every time. In some cases, major changes, like the war gears moved around, the points cost, the stats have bumped a little bit. Um, so anyway, yeah, they they don't have quite all the war gear options they used to, and doing a power sword and needle pistol is just, yeah, it's prohibitively expensive when you have fun things like aberrants that you need to try and cram into the list that are not cheap. Um, so yeah, so he might he might get proxied in for the leader just to be a little bit cheaper than the other guy, um, which is kind of bad timing because at the same time I finished the Biophagus, I also finished the Primus, which I might not be using anymore even though he's the best painted model in the gang. <laughs> so that's always fun. Yep. But um, also a couple of special weapon guys like the Flamer, the Weber. Um, I'm working on a couple more heavy weapon options right now just because they were they were built in Prime from before. Um, so when I lack my impulse control and I just grab a model and start painting it, they're there. Yep. Um, so totally. those guys are coming along and they're almost maybe like half done each. Um, and yeah, so I just got to figure out what exactly is going to come next. I'll probably, um, do some acolytes next just cause they, they don't have strength four anymore in the new book. So they are a little bit better as shooting models now than pure melee. Uh, cause strength three on an expensive guy makes you just kind of, kind of wimpy. I really enjoy speaking of Ekramano, looking at some of Tom's painted stuff. The fact that there's clearly a custodian inspired guardian spear that is just the shittiest <laughs> fucking weapon. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. So, yeah. I've also been working on Necromunda. Uh, <laughs> Good segue. I built and painted up a, a Cotor gang, um, which is still really weird for me because I've played Privateer Press games for so long where there's Kador. Wait a second, is this Cotor? This is Cotor. I thought these were Delacues. No, Delacues are the guys with the skin. The locker, the like. The trench coat. Yeah. The yeah, Dark okay, City, yeah. like, weird 90s uh, yeah. goth guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the ones that totally look like they could have been in the Matrix. Dark City. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not an effective weapon system. Oh, dude. But the whole... Pr- the whole well, good use of tape, though. Great use of tape. They make orcs look like good artisans. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Sad. Well, because they basically... They just go through the garbage piles and... Like, they don't have auto pistols. They have reclaimed auto pistols and reclaimed auto guns. Yes, yeah. they, they literally have discarded broken weapons plus duct tape Yeah, equals Cotor gang. Well, I'm not even sure they're <laughs> duct tape. This might just be toilet paper. <laughs> it could be. It could be reclaimed toilet paper wrapped around. They're, they're the green party of Necromunda? Uh, not exactly. I wouldn't uh, go that far. No. <laughs> I don't think they're big about the environment. These guys don't look very clean. They're, they're, they're pretty energy. dirty. Yeah, they're pretty dirty. Uh, they were a lot of fun to work on. Totally, I can see that. And they got a very medieval vibe going on oh, with absolutely. the face masks. The the old ones were kind of like even more so with the the kind of like the friar tuck. Yeah, shitty totally. haircuts and there's a lot of friar tuck shitty haircuts in this thing, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, and uh, so the interesting thing is that for the first box, I decided to just build it exactly like the instructions told me to. Mm. Because I never really looked at the rules or played the game or anything else. And then Dan wrote up a roster for me, and it worked out to be about 1,000 points. I think I'm under by, like, 20 or 30 or something. Something like that. 
Which is fine, because I can upgrade a few of the guys with flak armor to mesh armor. Yeah, or uh, put, like, sidearms on a couple of guys, or buy a grenade, or whatever. I yeah. love 2nd edition 40k, going from flak to mesh. Mesh is way better. Yeah, mesh, you get your 5 plus save all the time, not just against template weapons. Yeah, weird. Which very are a weird. thing again. Yeah, very weird. All Dude, that. I actually went through, and I've started, like, I found an old flame template, and I've got to go find the matching uh, other templates. I am actually sad about losing my flame template because i have the coolest flame template ever for my d size dude play necromunda i know i know anyways so yeah i did that i'm trying to think if i did anything else i started putting together a few more uh mercs for war machine and yeah i think that's about it nice mm-hmm. didn't paint any blood bowl miniatures this week no, no, I put no some together games. for a commission, though, so I'll have, a, I'll have a team done for them sooner than later. That's cool. All right. Shut up and take my money. Who's starting? You know, I'm going to start, because uh, it's Necromunda shit. Really? Yeah. So You're after- welcome. Oh, fuck you, Daniel. Like, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> yeah, that was really... Ooh. That was pretty... Well, but here's the thing, right? So I put to together hear. the box, and they're pretty cool, and then I go on the website, and they... Not only do they have one weapon upgrade set from Forge World, they have two. Yeah. Oh yeah. And of course you want them both. And then they've got a second set of heads, and of course you want those. And then they've got the bomb rats. Well, yeah, oh, you yeah. got to have fucking bomb rats. Yeah, like, those are no. Wait, why don't you have bomb rats? Because I don't have anything Forge World yet, so I'm gonna get some fucking bomb rats. And then the only thing that I'm a little bit pissed off about is that like super sweet executioner guy. Yeah. Does he have rules anywhere? I. He might be one of the Dramatis Personae, like, um, named bounty hunters. But he's not in the book. I looked. He, well, there's like, there's like four other books. Yeah. So he could be in one of those. Yeah, he'll have rules. There's tomorrow. lots of books. Too. But I could also just use him as a leader. Yeah, he yeah, could just be a dude with a giant fucking axe. Yeah. Although, don't use the double-handed axe rules. The double-handed weapons are terrible in Necromunda. Okay, so steal your thunder, because I'm assuming Necromunda stuff. And I bought the books, and I got the... Hilariously enough, uh, all the Cotor dice have been like discontinued like a year ago. What color are they? They were I'm basically yeah. Cop- I'm pretty sure I have. Them. I got them too. Do you? <laughs> Ooh, Ward looks like he's gonna. I got extort you for a lot of money. I bought most of the dice, but not the Cotor ones, and I kind of regret it because they're actually probably the nicest of Necromunda dice. So we'll talk. Yeah. If you have any interest in offloading, I'll, I'll, I'll double check and I'll make sure that I do have. Okay. So I'm gonna ride your coattails. I'm also in Necromunda town because I actually <laughs> haven't even done. You're not done? No. So I I painted the orange for the masks for yeah. the nice contrast, yeah. and then they released the generic Necromunda dice with this last wave and oh, those the flame beautiful flames. orange ones. Oh, nice. Solid. So yeah. So I bought those. So they're gonna match your masks. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, I'll continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine. I actually do own some Necromunda stuff. I own a bunch of a couple of the bounty hunters. Because uh, I always thought those models were oh, super yeah. cool. Yeah. So, I think I need to pick up some uh, enforcers. I was thinking about doing a Vansar gang, but I wasn't super excited about them. They're okay. But the enforcers look fucking awesome. They're so cool. Yeah, I really want to do some enforcers. With um, the uh, water guy, for whatever reason. You know which one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The, yeah. That I guy can't remember his name, but they got the weird hat and the big tank on his back. Yep. Yeah. He totally, uh, he totally sucks the juice out of people. Yeah. Dehydrates them. Like, literally desiccates them. Uh, anyways, that's what I want to paint up. And that's what I'm going to pick up. Can you paint the enforcers like the police from the fifth element? 
I could. I was planning on doing them exactly like the box art. I think their color scheme on the box art looks fucking ace. Also, I would also I would also accept a Judge Dread color scheme. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's even though they're not full on Arbidies, it's close enough. I really like the fact that they have like such an like uh, Angel Geraldus style, like that the way they've done all the highlighting for the yellow and the like tealy black on those models just makes them look good. I think part of it. It's not only the models are cool, but the paint job is is next level. And it's totally not like you've done a very similar paint job on other models before. No. No, not like my pre-Heresy Imperial Fists would match at all. Yeah. It's not like it's the exact same color scheme. They'll probably paint them almost exactly the same way. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Although, that being said, like actually, inverted. it actually will be kind of hard to do because uh, the fists were super easy to airbrush because each part is so separate. A lot of the stuff in that box art is like a helmet is black and yellow. Like, it's got both colors, so it's going to be interesting yeah. to try and keep that. Yeah, the way those models work for sub-assemblies and stuff, it won't help too much either, because, again, it's, like, the shoulder pads and uh, the torso is, like, it's all integrated. They're not separate yeah, yeah, pieces. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a bit of a challenge for sure. Anyways, that's me. Who's next? Oh. You guys are doing okay, well, that's me. This is me. I got a bunch of... <sighs> okay. First of all, I'm going to cross something off my list. I'm buying the Sisters of Battle oh. box. So that's only left as Gene Studer cult after that. Have you actually found one to buy? Oh, I, I pre-ordered yeah, in the first 10, 10 minutes. Oh, okay. If you, tried down, to I'm in. if you tried to pre-order after the first 10 minutes, you'd be fucked. Yeah. Nice. I got it. It's Unless done. You... It's already at the store waiting for me. Unless you live in Sweden or something where yeah. somebody posted a picture on... Uh, Twitter from like one of the local stores allegedly in Sweden where they had like I think their shipment in the picture had 75 of the Sisters of Battle Army box yeah. in it where there's Canadian retailers that they were told their allotment was zero yep so that seems a little bit Apparently imbalanced they're doing a second run of it no they're not they said they were going to do more because they sold out so quickly I don't believe so I believe they were saying for future releases we will have our second factory in the UK online Interesting. I, okay. I, I don't believe I've I seen heard anything. About a second wave. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe they have so said something. Sub, but I, I, I believe at the time, I believe at the time they were just um, what I saw was something along the lines of "Don't worry, for future army box releases we will have more." Good, yeah. but not necessarily for this army box. That being said, my God, those miniatures—they're pretty. I'm excited, but Very the pretty. problem is, is the new Necromunda box came out too, and. <laughs> It's I a have a thing. friend who really wants to train but doesn't want anything else. So I said, hey, buddy, I'll give you 100 bucks if you give me all the stuff that you're not using. And so, yeah, he's going to give me the gangs, the book, the dice. That's actually a really good deal. Yeah. Yeah, because the Enforcers aren't coming out on their own for a while. No, the Enforcers have been out for a while. The, also... the new sprue with the Subjugators will be out possibly by December, maybe, maybe by oh, January. Okay. Wait, awesome. do I get that sprue? Yeah, yes. you get two yeah. of that sprue. And then one of the regular. Oh. But the, but yeah, the, the the separate versions of the separate boxes of the corpse grinders and the subjugator enforcers, um, they've been shown in one of the like holiday catalog type things, okay. which didn't have a release date for it. But the logic is, if they're showing these boxes, they've got to be coming out soon. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Anything else? Reward. Your turn. I think it's enough. Don't you think that's enough? No, Those boxes like are like three hundred dollars plus each. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the sister stuff one comes with a shitload of stuff. Well, it comes with like the codex, it comes with dice, it comes with all kinds of shit. It's got the penitent engines, the arc of flagellants. Yep. Yep. Anyways, 
all the cool stuff. Sisters of Battle are secondary to the Arcoflagellants and Penitent Engines, let's be honest here. <laughs> Can't argue. They're cool. Cool as hell. Word? Uh, to be honest, I don't have a lot to but buy right now. I'm trying that's to... your thing. You're supposed to be the one that buys the I most. I know. I'm trying to restrain and do We're, more we're shaming you. I'm shifting. Oh, we're shaming you. Dude, right let's now, not... So. No, 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 don't shame that. That is amazing. No, he's shaming us. Wait, okay. question. Quick question. <laughs> yes. Do you own any Necromunda gangs that you could paint up? Yes, you yes. do. <laughs> don't of the new plastic ones? Yes. How many I do you own? I pretty much own all of them so far. Roy would just basically put one aside. I think the only thing I don't have is the Enforcers, to be completely honest. Okay, so <laughs> I will... So well, yes, you should continue painting up things you already own. Yes, 100%. I wholeheartedly so, endorse. Okay, so so you're you're doing Cawdor. Yeah. Dan is doing... Scene Sealer. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Enforcers. Enforcers. Mike, what are you painting? I could do either Vansar or Delac. Although you jumped on the You are doing Delac. I am doing Delac. Yeah. Delac. Okay. Because yes. I was thinking Escher. Oh, oh yeah, there you nice. go. Dude. Because I kind of want to paint them up with like the Mexican Day of the Dead face paint. Oh, that'd be cool. Ooh, okay. So, that would be plan. really neat. And very time consuming. Yeah. But <laughs> I was going to say bold plan. They they would look, I think, pretty neat if I could actually pull it off. So we'll see. We'll see. Possibly. There you go. We're not even I, cutting into your. Dude, your is this thunder. all five of us excited about a game? Well, this, is, this is not the first time this has happened and then fallen apart in spectacular fashion. <laughs> It's never been it me true. that falls off. It no, true. it's true. It's never been you. It's usually me. <laughs> or me. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. <laughs> Dad's in there too. I feel encouraged because this isn't made by Spartan Games. Yeah. That is true. That and is, it doesn't involve small boats. Um, in fairness, we were all excited about small boats and everybody here painted up a, a fleet. Well, I painted some of a fleet. Some of a fleet. <laughs> Air Five. Yeah. Um, but, this podcast was birthed out of Dystopian War. So let's which is, the most do. insane. <laughs> From um, the darkest time. Just in case you're curious, it's supposed to be out next first quarter next year. Stovian 2.0? Yeah. Uh, 4.0, I think, at that point. Yeah, 4.0, whatever. 17.0, I wasn't paying attention. Um, My ships are in a bag. <laughs> I am I am interested, though, in the Grot Bombs, because I think Grot Bombs are supposed to be out next Oh, month. for Aeronautica. For Aeronautica. Yeah. Um, I've seen, like, purchase orders, like, with Rot bombs on the list, but I actually haven't seen like any like model or anything like yet. Not that it really matters. Dan brought up the greatest point ever. How do you have a grot bomb ace? Because apparently White Dwarf comes with a grot bomb ace. Yeah, I Which... bought White Dwarf for that one fucking. Yeah, I feel I like you get one chance one. of being a grot bomb ace. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what, that's that's kind of my point as well. Is it's you detonate on impact. <laughs> Maybe he's got a fucking parachute, guys. He's the only grot to figure out the parachute. Zero <laughs> chance he has a parachute. Not, what are you thinking here? They He's probably, the spirit of grotness. You just yeah. leave him alone. They probably tell the grots they have parachutes. Oh, <laughs> Maybe he got blown up so, I don't know, with such an, such force that he was flung from the bomb and survived somehow. Like right somehow. before it hit the ground, it exploded. He went up. Somehow he, he flew faster than the pressure wave. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> sure. Somehow. Um, and I think I mentioned this, like, last episode, but, like, uh, I'm picking up, like, trying to do, like, more theme terrain, so, uh, a lot of the Mechanicum stuff, I think, is, like, on, um... Did you get the drill? My radar? No, not yet. I, okay. I've got, like, a bunch of the Imperial stuff right now, so I think after Christmas, I'll be picking up a bunch of the Mechanicum stuff. The downside? Did you get the decals for the, the graffiti? Negative. The Mechanicum stuff's not great terrain for playing. 
True. There's uh, not a lot of line of sight. <laughs> there are the buildings for the mechanic, and have you seen those? Yeah, there's like I'm talking about like the the drill, the ferromantic furnace, like all that sort of stuff. But it's really good for Necromunda. Yep. So buy it and paint it. Yes. Okay. Cool. 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 But I am gravitating, like I said, more towards the painting and playing lately because I, I fully endorse this. So, I, I think you deserve a round of applause. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Dan, how about you? Um, probably more Necromunda stuff at some point, because I don't have any Forge World stuff for Necro either. Um, so at some point I'll probably have to get some fancy resin upgrades and whatnot. Let me know when that order goes through. So what Shit, <laughs> I just thought of something. What happens? What? What, what happens what, if we what? suddenly all decided we'd like to Necromunda? Like, the... it's been out for a while. No, we've already... Well, we've hold, on, like hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, you're jumping the horse. The Warlord shoulder cannons from Forge World. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good thing they're so inexpensive and totally affordable. Uh I'm a I'm a dink, so I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's making the choice based on wanting to paint and play more, not like, oh no, I'm running out of money. Yeah. I've seen some people like, oh I, oh man, those are I'm so a buyer. I'm, like, I'm just like, I'm in. I'm like, uh yeah, here's my money. <laughs> how, how much are they? 117 for three pairs. What? Three pairs of weapons. Three pairs of weapons. That's, That's insane. I priced it out, I think, approximately. It's, it's about $400 to get a Warlord with all the weapon options for Titanicus. What? Because it's a $130 box. Yeah, which is less than a night, so that's I still have, insane. Which I have it's, two already, that's okay. It, fair, going. but it's like, it's what, 50 bucks for the plastic sprue that has the plasma and the power fist? I've already got that, yeah. that's okay. Okay, and then there's, is it two or three of the primary weapons from Forge World <laughs> that are like, 30 odd dollars an arm. Uh, three, which I've got. That's okay. Yeah. So, do if, the if weapon you buy six kit, of those, is the same cost as two night spinners. Like two big ass tanks. Yeah. What the fuck? But, like, it's if, like every upgrade <laughs> thing you're listing, I'm thinking of, like, that's a Blood Bowl team. Yeah. That's a Blood Bowl team. That's two Blood Bowl teams. Yeah, that's a Blood Bowl that's team. Three Blood that's Bowl teams. That's a Blood Bowl team with all the Forge World characters. Yeah, each of its each of its carapace weapon Steve, sets. You're a dink too. So you got nothing. To each of its carapace weapon sets is like the cost <laughs> of a Necromunda gang or a Blood Bowl team. Yeah. Like basically. Yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm going to buy a Necromunda gang or a Blood Bowl team. Yeah, 100. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, if you want literally every weapon option for the Warlord, I don't even know if they make. 100% of the shoulder cannons yet? No, they don't. It's about $400 Jesus. to get all of the options. This is depressing. For one model. That'll be like the same price I will have paid by the end of this year for literally everything released for Riot Quest. Man, that's... I mean, that's two knights. Like, two literal knights for 40k. You can get like a... That's insane. How many games could you play for $400? <laughs> but you, yeah. you also have to take into account that me and Ward are kind of like... OCD when it comes to I have to have everything. Most people are like, I like this, I don't like that, I will buy this. So most people are picking and choosing. We're just like, I gotta have it all. Most people haven't seen the pictures of the Warlord with two macro Gatling cannons and then the Gatling cannons on the shoulders. Where it's just like, oh, he's got like, just assault cannons for days, but Titan size. <laughs> it looks so crazy. <laughs> just Jesus. gun barrels sticking out of every orifice. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so Ward kind of cut you off, Dan. You got anything else? Or is it just um, more of that expensive night shit? Necromunda. And Necromunda. I'm trying to remember if there's anything overly specific, but uh, the, the Battletech Kickstarter uh, pledge manager finally went up, so got to actually pick um, the stuff from a few months ago for that. I know Ward did as well. 
Uh, so picking which lances we got, plus I, a few of the extras. I guess I spent a lot of money, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you no, try you, to paint more. How, what the fuck is this? Most of the Battletech money came out of our accounts a few months ago, so it doesn't count. Most of it. <laughs> the board's like, I upgraded. <laughs> oh, of course you get out. I got a couple of extra things. Good Lord. Is it still active, or is it closed? The pledge manager, I think, is open for another couple months. I think so. Okay. Maybe not that long. It might just Backer be weeks. kit, maybe, if you're looking yeah. to get in for... Oh, uh, yeah. They, they might they might have, um, like, a late pledge option as well, which a lot of Kickstarters do. Fuck, I gotta take... No, no! Screw that noise! I need... I have, like, 20 mechs to paint, and I still... You haven't painted them. <laughs> yeah. You I, haven't painted them. I've got them. a lot have of mechs to paint. They're really close. I could but, probably bang them out. And you don't play games, so I'm not <laughs> spending another goddamn cent on this fucking garbage game. That's why this I stopped buying mechs. This is why you play the game that you like. Play 40k, and then you're good. Like, play whatever game you really like. What if I like them all and I play them? Dude, I really fine. like War Machine, but that's then I'm fuckers. <laughs> you got it. You got The ones where we're trying to meet in the middle, that's the dangerous ones. Like, Necromunda concerns me. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, could, it could fizzle out. Okay, let's segue into this. So, Necromunda... Um, I know we kind of talked about this a few times, especially when it was first released and as various waves have come out, but there's been a huge push locally for Necromunda in the last, like, week and a half. Yeah, how did that happen? Like, where did it come from? Uh, honestly, I think it's finally reached, my guess is that it's finally reached that point where people are looking at it like, holy shit, this is a complete game now. There's enough stuff out that... There are ten actually... playable games. Yeah. That's actually a good point. It's a really good point. I think it, that's the big thing is that there's there's no options instead of having two or three and it's like I don't like those guys yeah, or them because yeah. the first six months were painful. Where honestly, the first Goliaths year. versus Escher was really kind of brutal, um, and then just that slow every four months, you get one more gang at a time. Well, I think that's exactly with having to buy a new fucking rule book every four months as well to keep up. Like that, the first year that was, was painful. Yeah. So they've just consolidated the rule books. Really? Now there is. The rulebook, which has all of the updates in it from the last, like, two or three iterations they had with supplements. They have the Gangs of the Underhive, or whatever the fuck the new one's called. Yeah, with uh, the six main houses in it. As well as some, all of the equipment options for the six main yeah. houses, and um, a lo- all of the Dramatis Personae, the Bounty Hunters. Well, all I guess not all. Because <laughs> every book has more. But, like, a large chunk of them. Yeah. A, lar- a lot of the, like... The hangers-on mm-hmm. uh, rules and various mercenaries and that kind of shit. So if you pick up those two rule books and you're not doing some like corner case shit, you can play Necromunda. That's an interesting point. Like the the idea that it it's a complete game now because I think that's what's keeping me from like Adeptus Titanicus is it's the same thing but painted different, right? Like if they had more. Uh, if they had Oryx and Eldar and that kind of stuff, I'd probably play Adeptus Titanicus. Um, I don't know if that'll go to that anytime soon, though, to be honest. No, totally. Because it's all heresy, it's heresy, right? Totally, and I understand that in, yeah. uh, 100%, but that that's my analogy to mm. why Necromunda might be catching on now. is because I think you're right, complete game is a very good good point. Very good point. Like, it's a complete game. They just released a new box set. They're, they're showing us the direction they're going to go. Because now that they've given us old Necromunda, minus a few of the... The weird things like were the enforcers in the old Necromunda? Not exactly. There was the Arbite, the Arbides, or Arbides yeah, okay, yeah, um, which are more of like an analog than a direct thing. Because the, the the analogy everybody uses is basically they're the FBI, whereas the enforcers are the local police. Uh, like the Arbides are, or however you pronounce it, I like Arbides. <laughs> I like Arbides too. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's why I like it. But, um, <laughs> pretty sure it's Arbites, but anyways. <laughs> but yeah, so Ar- Arbites. What were we even talking about? Yeah, so they're the they're the ones that are actually like um, like pretty much all the planets of the Imperium have them, but they generally don't bother with like local affairs very often. Therefore, like, oh, is there like a fucking riot of people trying to overthrow the Imperial Governor's palace? They'll get involved, mm. but they don't. Re- yeah, they're not going to worry about. Oh, yep. look, the people in the Underhive are dying. They don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah, they they might, like, once in a generation come down and kick some heads in so people remember who they are. Um, but they're not the boots on the ground, like, local police, the way the enforcers are. Interesting. Okay. The enforcers, so we'll put the guys in the ISO cubes, and, yeah, that's what it is. Um, but then the Corpse Grinders, which, you know, is a part of the Necromunda Fluff for a really long time. But I don't believe they ever were a playable faction back in the day. No, because these are the corpse grinders that have basically, over the generations, like, basically fallen to chaos. Because it turns out that recycling human bodies for protein in the 40k universe eventually turns you into a chaos-type person. It, it definitely it's... drives you a little bit mad. No, no. Like, no, you're basically perpetuating cannibalism as you're, like, 9 to 5. I mean, it is the They also dark. eat mushrooms. I gotta say, I've been listening to a bunch of the audio dramas. Uh, it's grimdark. That's what. What do you want? It's gonna be bad. It's not a good time. But these guys go especially bad. So it's a. It's kind of like a new environment for them. And so now there's also the hope of maybe we're gonna get the spiders at some point. I hope not. Cause no, them. no, I hate spires. Them. No. Yeah. Spires. Yeah, whatever. The spiders. X-Men. I was like spiders. Spiders. The, the yeah. dumb superheroes in Necromunda. Yeah, the X Men. The Necromunda. That was the thing. Yeah. yeah, it would be like three of them was better than everyone else's game. Basically, five. they're I get five. They're young imperial nobles who basically had experimental Tau technology that just liked to murder the fuck out of people for sport. Yes, they're basically all Batman. That's pretty sweet. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like Running Man. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Th- this is the problem though. Mixed with a little District Nine, they were a little OP. A little? <laughs> I'm trying to be. People are still I'm trying to sugarcoat it a little. People bit. are still traumatized the by them twenty where... years later. That I never even fucking never played. Them if they played, if they unless they played Aspire against them. Steve P- Fitzpatrick was pissed at me because I played Spires. He's like, "Why are you playing the X Men?" He's like, "At least paint them up like the X Men." So are you gonna do that now? I probably will. if they came up. <laughs> um, but like the but that's also that's also Necromunda and GW back in the day where game balance was really not entirely a thing. No, but it was it was so bad that uh, I don't I think unless. He rolled all misses, which wasn't very likely. And you rolled all hits. There was no way you could win. Like, this was worse than Necrons and Gothic. I was going to say, Necrons and Gothic was pretty fucking bad. It was worse. No. That is bad. I don't think it was that worse. You couldn't lose to... You couldn't win against Necrons, because even if you beat them, they just disengage and win. You could, because if you roll the perfect result on the critical hit chart, you get, like, triple victory points and win from killing one ship. But only if you rolled the exact perfect result. Yeah, but... If you didn't do that, they could all disengage and you'd lose. But, like... After crippling all of them. But I did that once, so it counts. (laughs) Right? I had... That's... I think... I remember looking at that, because I played a lot of Gothic, and it was, like... One in, like, 300 games that would happen. But yeah, I played them once, and my Dauntless shot one of their big tomb ships in the ass. A Dauntless? Yeah. That's a shitty ship. What did the fuck happen? That's why he let it live, because he was, wasn't was afraid of it. But it was <laughs> one of Dauntlesses those... Dauntlesses are terrible. It was one of those situations where you roll, like, a six, and then a six, then a six, and then, like, the correct result on the critical hit chart. Which was, like, a seven, I think. You and then... You needed to loot it or whatever. You didn't want it to go you, no you turned You turned it into a drifting hull. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you turned it into a drifting hull... then you get the Xenotech. Yeah, then you'd get, like, double or tri- triple victory points for his battleship. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, no matter what else happens in this game, I already won. 
because I like had that string of perfect dice rolls shooting it in the back. Anyways, Necrons and Necromunda were or in Gothic were absolutely the worst. <laughs> if this is worse than that, that is a damn. I don't think it was worse. Ward, that's because you played them, you jackass. <laughs> I, yeah. My OP army was not OP, guys. Yeah. I was just really good at this game. I just, never actually uh, saw fairness, anybody ever win against the Spires. Yanari oh, do not have the current same win percentage as Marines. So I just want to say that right now. Speaking of OP armies, can we just... Anyways, we well, on. I was kind of holding my tongue on that when you were like back in the day when GW didn't really give a shit about balance. I'm like, back in the day like last week. Way, <laughs> <laughs> way back machine. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, there's a, you're seeing a lot of interesting stuff. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with, uh, like, scabies and ratkin and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe coming oh, back that's in. that's right. I forgot about them almost. Yeah, I don't think ratkins will ever be a thing, but I think I think scabies will definitely be do a you thing. Think Can we have the root? Some sort of, like, uh, stand-in for the ratkins? Some sort of, like... I think they will probably... I think they'll, they'll probably just not really directly acknowledge them anymore. Hmm. I like, want the Harood. But were they on Necromunda? Probably not. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere. They're like the most numerous race in the galaxy. They'd probably be on Necromunda. <laughs> Give me some Skaven and Necromunda, please. No, we'll just wait for uh, Mordheim to come back. I'd and like, then I'm all into that. I'd oh, like yeah. some random creatures, actually. Like the... Ripper the, Jacks and stuff. The, ambles. The spiders look with the crystal eyes. Oh, that like Croco, whatever the fuck Wait, there is. are Ambles. They're Ambots. Yeah. Oh, nice. Sorry. Yeah, and there's rules for that in the book. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I got them too. So, anyways, it looks really cool. Um, it's a tangent. <laughs> it was a tangent. Uh, and it seems like it, it happened, what, like a week ago that someone started up a Facebook group locally? And then, yeah, it just like really took off. I think it might have also been just one of those things where people were interested because of the models or whatever, but they didn't know of any groups of people that were playing. And then the Facebook huh. group started up, and people started seeing their friends joining it, getting invitations to join the group. And now there's... Because they did a poll on the group where it was like, have you played before? Do you have the models painted? Are you brand new to the game? And it was like 80% of people like have never played a game of this ever. Yeah, that's me. Huh. I've never played a game. I've ever? never played a game. Ever. 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 Never played a game, which is which Dude, is this shocking. is... I got so many people into 40k with this game. It was unbelievable. I, I mean... No, I, I, it was just a really good way of showing a fun game. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but what was really funny is that everyone's super interested and excited. A lot of people, no one's really talking about, like, we need to start, like, a big local campaign or something. But it's just that, like, finding other people that are playing and getting people are talking about running demo nights for people to learn how to play. Yeah, there's, there's a few of the people that actually have played campaigns under the current system. Because I think it's one of those things where people that played the old version... There's enough overlap in the rules that you'll just kind of have that like mushy, like brackish mix of Sick. like 1990s and 2018 Necromunda. Like, like I think this is how it works. And you look on the forums as well, and there's people that have been playing since like day one in in 2017 that this came out, and they're like, "Oh, it turns out we've been playing like massive sections of the game wrong because we just assumed it worked the same way it used to, and it does not." <laughs> Interesting. But um, so there there are people. That's, yeah, where... that's actually encouraging that they're at least addressing some of the old rules. Like I'm assuming to clean them up, make them a little better. Well, yeah, they've they've done quite a bit of updates and FAQs for Necromunda 2017 because they needed to. The rules yep. have been sure. kind of a cut and paste disaster at times. Sure. Um, but yeah, the the main thing is there's people locally that have played um, under the current system and are able to like run some of these intro games for people that are That's curious awesome. or like have some of their first models built or 
in some cases again like just they don't have anything yet and they just want to try it out yeah totally but uh yeah there's finally actually people that are like hey i can run you guys through a game and show you the ropes and uh you're not starting from scratch and mm. completely confused and you know because playing that first game of a new system where you kind of fumble your way through it you take like four hours you realize halfway through you've done everything completely wrong yeah that's not necessarily the best way to learn if you can avoid it yeah, yeah. and i think yeah finally we're in that position locally where people is not as complex as it used to be like, it used to be insane. Uh, that was one of the things, reasons I didn't want to play it is because it was arguably more insane than second I think the most insane part now is once you get your stuff, it's like uh, your list. Once you have your list together and you understand how your weapons work, it's not quite as insane as you like, That's a lot of the complications. It kind of depends to an extent on which, basically how many of the supplement books you want to run at once. Like, if uh, you want to have Black Market, if you want to have... All these other random things tacked onto the games, they can get batshit very quickly. Um, like, if you have guys running around with, like, drugs and and rogue psychers and, like, all kinds of other stuff, like, things get wonky in a hurry because they have almost every, almost every weapon, like, man-portable weapon in 40k has rules somewhere in Necromunda now. Like, hmm. it's nuts. Like, there's some, like, just some Xenos weapons in there. Uh, there's, like, demon-tainted, like, weird-ass oh, things that don't even make sense. Taint. The demonic taint is the best kind of taint. It's, if you're slanash, for sure. Why wouldn't you be? Correct. <laughs> In this day and age, apparently correct. But, yeah, so depending on how many of those act optional rules you want to tack on, um, you can have either a very simple, straightforward campaign or, like, a completely batshit thing for, gotcha. like, advanced players. Gotcha. Um, That's pretty sweet. But, yeah, there, there's all kinds of stuff, but the, the basics of it, I think, are manageable. Um, it just ramps up as rapidly as you want it to. That's awesome. I mean... I, we played a, a game of Infinity uh, a couple of days ago, and Infinity to me is very much like what I imagined Necromunda to be, having never played it, where the rule set it itself, like the core rules, not that bad, pretty straightforward, and then the equipment just is insane. Yeah, I, that's where the game gets so complex. Infinity for me is next level. That's like RPG level of depth. Where it's like, okay, you want to shoot at me, well, I'm going to shoot back at you instead of defending, and if I can roll better than your yeah, attack yeah, yeah. roll, then I intercept your the arrows, attack. And arrows, I agree. I, I all kinds of face stuff face like that. Rolls, but the face-to-face -face rolls mechanics was simple. What I'm getting at is I think the, the simplicity of the game is probably, like, like the main rule set probably isn't that crazy. It's the equipment. Well, and they have kind of merged it a little bit with modern 40K. So, okay. like... Their weapon skill and ballistic skill are like three plus, four plus, five plus, that kind of stuff. Oh, so you need a three to hit, yeah. four to hit, five to hit. Yeah. But what I found like the difference between like Infinity and Necromunda is like Necromunda I always felt was about more role playing. Um, Necromunda is more about role playing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because of the campaigns and whatnot. Campaigns, yeah. then you go yeah. search for weapons. And you hey recruit this new guy, join him to the gang, give him totally. a name. Or you just play Spires and ruin everybody's or narrative. Or you just play Spires and, and yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Wipe out you their fucking That's why I have no friends, so. Ward. No. That's true. <laughs> honestly, that's that's the biggest selling point to me, is is I think that's one of the reasons why they kill Team for 40k. Like, they're both skirmish games set in the 40k universe, right? Yep. yep. At the end of the day, they shouldn't be that different. But Kill Team is not even remotely... It doesn't have that narrative aspect that I think a game of this scale needs. And one of the things that Infinity does well is because of the level of depth, it has a narrative to each game. Like, this guy turned around the corner, he shot, and instead of, when as soon as he turned around the corner, he got shot in the face. Like, like it's there's more cinematic of that. Yeah, it's a very set. cinematic rule set. And I think this is more of, like, telling a story. Like, there's there's a hook there. 
Kill Team to me doesn't have a hook, which is why I'm more interested in Necromunda than Kill Team, and always have been. That's fair. I'll agree with that. And the storylines from some of the old, like, Mordheim campaigns, Necromunda campaigns from 20 years ago. Yeah. People still remember those stories. Like, I didn't play lot... the game and I bought the, the magazines. Oh, did you really? Yeah, because they were <laughs> sweet. I really liked how you could get friendly rival ships going, too. Like, as your campaign, oh, you killed my dock. You're you're going down now, man. Yeah. And, and you know, the banter that went back. Like, scenario be damned, I'm yeah. killing that one fucking model. Well, yeah. 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 You could still lose, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you still felt good because that guy killed your other guy, and he was your best buddy. Revenge. But, but yeah. yeah. It, Revenge it, is a hell of a drug. That kind of interaction with it, whereas your gang kind of yeah. grows up to you, and then there's... Yeah, there's for some, sure. Whereas I'm legit committed to the notion in my head that, like, I'm never going to put my leader or champions in a position to be at risk if I can throw the meat into it. <laughs> yeah, so that's playing Skaven. <laughs> like, it's going to be yeah. leading from behind. Yeah, Cawdor yeah. is basically Skaven. So if my, like, champion, and or if at least my leader can survive the entire campaign, I do not care how many bodies... <laughs> go through that meat grinder that's that's why when i i wrote a list for you i gave your leader uh overseer which is like instead of activating you can pick another model within your like area to activate for free yeah and then they can activate as normal again later in the turn yeah so you can do like slingshotty catapulty like suicide maneuvers of guys sending just easily. like jews and gangers to do the work for them yeah so one of the reasons i want to play the enforcers is um there is an there's the adeptus mechanicus book series um, which starts with a group of enforcers raiding a bar and basically just picking up people that like are, are finished their day at the docks, like they're done just a work day, they're hanging out at like a kind of a questionable gray area bar, and they just pick up a bunch of people and press gang them into work on the mechanic of ship. And the book is told from the story point of one of these people that's just totally lifted by an enforcer and like had his life completely ruined, like taken away from his wife and kids, we'll never see them again. End of end of his entire existence. Now he works in a radiation filled chamber, and the enforcers seem like great guys. <laughs> I can't wait to play them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Like, just they're clearly the bad guys. Like oh, yeah. to most of the people in the Underhive, which yeah. I don't play bad guy armies really. I mean, Dark Eldar. Sometimes with them, I'm, I'm low key going to say anyone that plays an Imperium army ever is playing a bad guy army, but that's just yeah, funny. that's probably true. Yeah, 40, <laughs> the whole point of 40k is there's not really any good guys. Yeah, even the tower kind of just fascists. Kind of? Oh, they are. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> good guys if you agree with them. Yeah. Yeah, like, can you make an argument that orcs are the most morally pure race in 40k? Yep. Because at least they're fucking honest. If you, uh, if you are a craft rule Eldar then Craft World Eldar are the most morally pure. Because they don't see anybody else as being sentient. Yeah, so <laughs> so that kind of undercuts that whole statement right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good, I'll give you um, that. Mids? Maybe? They're amoral. They're not immoral or moral. Yeah. They're Bronze? just food. No, they are food definitely food. not the good guys. At all. In some ways, you can call them the victims, because they were kind of just, like, they got tricked. Necron or the the Catan just like completely fucked him over. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I view them kind of similar to the Tomb Kings in fantasy, where like the Tomb Kings legit were actually good guys. The Crosshair were not good guys. They were very jealous of the old ones and kept trying to steal their shit and fuck with them. Yeah, but the old ones weren't good people. The old ones were actually pretty good people. 
Anyways. Rivalry already. We're on a tangent. 40k fluff. 40k fluff is the best. Um, it's and, and this is one of the things where a game like Necromunda can be really fun. So I actually, even though we always say, like, oh, we're going to totally do this, I really genuinely hope we actually play some Necromunda. What? I just thought of a fantastic... I don't know what faction I would use the rules for, maybe Enforcers or Vansars, but if I could find some, like, Mandalorians... Ooh! ...and do a Mandalorian, because I, I just saw earlier today that somebody did a Baby Yoda, so I could use that as an objective <laughs> marker. Nice. Dude, do that for This Is Not A Test. Realistically, <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody that has done, um, like, 40k-scaled helmet swaps for Space Marines for, like, Mandalorian mm. helmets. Just put them on Vansars. Yeah. And play that, and this is not a test. Because, dude, I have an elf team. His is fucking Borderlands. Like, come on. Yeah, we can make that work. Anyways, the latest episode, very good. <laughs> so, ultimately, for me, the punchline here is that they finally consolidated all of the rules into one place, making it easy to get into this game. Which yep. segues nicely into <laughs> arguably what will be, for me, one of the saltiest segments we've had in a while. Interesting. Okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. And, okay. I want to know where this is going to go. So, it started when Steve's like, we should talk about FAQs. And I'm like, why? And, ultimately, it's like, and Steve mentioned that for every release that Games Workshop is putting out, two weeks later they drop an FAQ. It's pretty game-changing. Like, which, honest to God. It's pretty game-changing in the fact that, you know, they're on top of noticing shit's fucked up. But at the same time, like, okay, so Psychic Awakening was really, was announced, what, two months ago? Uh, yeah, about that, I would say. And we're already uh, staring down the barrel of knowing what the fourth book is? Yeah, the speed is pretty crazy. They were churning yeah. out rules yeah, 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 yeah. faster than they ever have. End yep. times. Maybe not faster than ever. Mm-hmm. End times. End times, End times took a year, didn't fucking it? fast. No, no. That no, was, like, months. Fast. Yeah, it was about six months, but it was also only four books? I thought it was five. Five, somewhere like that. Yeah, Whatever. Sure. But they're doing this while also releasing new codexes for 40k, while also, like, there's... Yeah. And releasing supplemental codexes by the half dozen. Yeah, <laughs> like, how many Space Marine codexes came out in the last six months, or six weeks? Uh, seven. Seven, yeah. And if you include the fact that Faith and Fury has the Black Templars, eight. And all of the founding chapter, or founding legions for Chaos. Yes. That being said, you should look at some of the chaos stuff. Holy fuck. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Oh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> that's, that, that is a conversation for another day. Night Lords. Oh, boy. Oh, god damn. Actually, Iron Warriors? Kind of choice. Yeah, I'm there's some that. good stuff. They, they, um, yeah. Which so makes me very upset. You said don't go down that lane, and you kind of went down that lane. Makes me very upset because the, again, okay, so in terms of quality of writing, you look at the first Psychic Awakening, they straight up had rules in there that just didn't work at all. Like the, the focus will, psychic power, as written, could not be played. And even the thing that's crazy about it, it wasn't like there was a clear intent. It said it added plus two to deny the witch to, uh, and psychic tests for that that turn, which doesn't make sense because you can't deny the witch in your own your own player turn. Like it doesn't make for that phase, I should say. So as written, totally doesn't work. They come up with an FAQ for it. They not only say okay, they they just make it totally streamlined. It adds plus two to cast to a friendly psyker within range. But then they go and look at experimental creations for the homunculus covens, uh, and they change that from poison weapons down to just poison melee weapons. So it's very clear that they didn't realize that, like, venoms are key to the covens keyword. 
So it applied to Venoms and Ravager, or sorry, not Ravagers, Raiders and Talos weapons and all sorts of range stuff. It's just, it was very clear that Psychic Awakening for the Eldar was so sloppily written. And honestly, like, if I'm looking across most of their games, the Blood Bowl Coach's Handbook Apparently is it's real bad. full of errors. Apparently yeah, like, everyone bad. I know that has a copy of that has, like, three or four pages printed out and folded up that they keep in the back of it. As a rata? As a rata for it. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where we're back up to that situation where you need to have three or four different codexes with you, potentially, if you're going to a tournament. Yeah. Um, or chapter approved, or, or, or... Well, you technically need 2017, 2018, and soon 2019 chapter approved to play this game. Because there are rules in each well, that affect Chapter approved 2019 is two books now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not just one book. One's got the points, and one's got rules, yeah, or something like the that. the old manual, and the other one's got the rules. Uh, but before we even get there, the other thing that's interesting is you have very much, in, in a lot of ways, what feels bad in the video game world, day one DLC... We have week two DLC, like Iron Hands FAQ. The fact that they just straight up, not even clarify the wording of particular rules, just change the effects of entire war gear items. Like the Iron Stone, like they decide, instead of it applying to uh, all vehicles within six, reducing damage, now it's just one. They reduce Pharos's involve that affects the... Like they hugely change the way the army works. Um... And I don't know if it's just the pace that they're going at or their playtesting is weak because for a long time, the balance in the game was pretty darn good. Or even just the editors, like for the typos and shit in there. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if I'm expected to pay $50 to $100 per book yep. every fucking time yep. and then a week or two later, I can basically throw it out. No, you don't throw it out. But, but you know what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's not act, it's not 100% useful anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you the thing right now, like Salamanders, the self-sacrifice strat, where you could just have an entire army be invulnerable. Anything that was infantry, you had to shoot the one unit that had the self-sacrifice strat on it. It could be a character in cover. Very clearly broken. Like, you don't even have to playtest that to know that is fucking game-breaking. Oh, could it be a character that's not even the closest model, so it's not a valid target to declare? Correct. So you have to shoot at the thing that you're not allowed to shoot at? Yep. So you just don't get to shoot? 100%. Cool. So, Mike, how, is, how has it been for the books with AOS lately? It's been... It, uh, I haven't been keeping it too much, but it's, it's, it has been a constant power creep that I thought had hoped wouldn't come back, but it's pretty predominant right now. Apparently the ogres aren't bad for that. They're, yeah, they're not as bad now, but that's I haven't had a chance to play with them. They've only been out for a short time. But everything up to that point has been... You want to win the tournament next play week? Play the new thing? Play the new thing. And are they releasing like the same frequency for FAQs for for Sigmar as they are for 40k? Not quite as much, but it is for still fair fair amount. They they don't let anything that's really really broken stay really really broken for too long. It's usually yeah. a month or two at most. And like honestly, I am all for companies that like let's be honest. It is impossible to play test anything perfect before release. Otherwise, yep. they would never release yep. anything. Oh, I'm not arguing that that's and I'm, a failure. I'm okay with that, but it's these typos. It's the fact that in a release, like in one printing of a a book that comes in the starter set is different from the cards in the starter set, is different from the codex released separately, is different from yeah. Like this is arguably the biggest. Um, wargaming company in the world. Yeah. Right? Like For sure. And 
can't they pay editors to do this shit properly? Well, I think I think they do. I think the problem is, like with anything, the volume. It's yeah. if it's you're coming volume. out if you're coming out with rule books every couple of weeks across multiple different systems, and I'm sure the development time is not huge given like the scope of changes that they can yeah. have on like the meta and all the other stuff. Like they're probably changing things quite frequently and as an editor that is absolutely maddening when you're trying to edit something but the source material keeps changing yeah faster than you can get your edits done yeah and editing is very different than play testing and figuring out the rule sets you might edit the rule for uh, like technical writing is hard and if it's constantly changing underneath you you don't really understand the effect of what you're editing things to for grammatical errors or whatever i can see it totally getting lost in the cracks like i, I think Blaming it on the technical editors or technical writers is a bit tough. It's the fact that the pace is it's relentless. crazy. So I, I can't imagine being an editor at GW right well, now. And that's the thing is I'm actually not blaming the editors in this. Yeah. Because it's just like blaming a soldier for the shit they're doing in a war. Yeah, they, they're just, just following orders, man. They're just following orders. And <laughs> these people are showing up 9 to 5. Not a valid excuse, but anyways, continue on. Well... well <laughs> Editors don't have authorization to not follow illegal orders, generally. They don't have that. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but, like, I'm looking at this, and with how much money, you know, it costs to follow these games these days, to keep on top of all these books. Oh, like, yeah. I just, I wish the quality was better, or I wish there was... There A was... better centralized source. Yeah, and so I look to games like War Machine, and... Yeah. I know the Privateer Press gets a lot of flack for fucking things up, but like, let's be honest, for better or for worse, War Room is a fantastic entity where when it first launched at Mark III, I dropped 100 bucks US. Yeah. And it's not like they give all of the rules all the time for like, um, wait, actually, no, they do. They straight up do. The rules updates as they happen are a PDF you can access through the app. Every time model, up, model rules get updated and points get updated, it's in the app. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. I, that's the thing that drives me up the wall is the fact that GW hasn't moved to a digital system. Like, chapter approved, having to go to the publishers months before um, the tournament scene has an effect on what's occurring. Like, that's that's your best measure of is something too good, is something needing rebalancing, is the tournament scene. And there's three months of shit they've released. Yeah. That is coming since down the, the pipe that ain't going to be able to be balanced. You need to have a way of doing that quicker. Um, and I think having published books is just got to change. Absolutely got to change. Um, especially if they are taking the more esports tournament scene, whatever you want to call it, more seriously. If that's something that they want to push, they need to have a better way of dealing with these point changes and, and FAQ stuff. Or just have tournaments do the thing where it's like, instead of a book has to be out for whatever, seven days, 30 days before the event. It's like, well, how about 90? Well, that's what actually, what's interesting, the pro tournament did that. The really? Atlanta Pro Tournament. I'm a fucking genius. Have I ever mentioned that? Which a lot of people are really upset about, though, because the, the thing is, is the book has to be out for 90 days. Two weeks later, the rules don't change. Right? Like, you'd have to have it be out for a year, because the point changes only come in the fall. So if you get your it's new fair, rules, actually. if you get your new rules that show up and you're excited to use them, you have to wait a year? <sighs> I think you're going to lose a lot of players that way. For yeah, sure. no, that, I, so, I don't think that's valid. I, th I think one of the, the issues that I have, too, is, like, I used to collect, like, all the digital codexes before, like, as a tournament organizer. I bought, like, a, a yeah. whole bunch of that route, 
and I know that they do like digital upgrades. Um, so like they'll update stuff as different revisions yep. happen and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, but now I've gravitated back towards the actual like hard copy of the books themselves, and there's that disconnect there too, right? When something gets updated, I don't have that update. So I'm well, they've sure shown that they, they can do this do. with their card game, right? They had the card game where you you buy the the cards and then scan them into the app, yeah. and then you play the card game through your your app. Basically, it was a video game, but you it was a CCG that had this digital component. They can totally do the same thing. Where you have a barcode that you basically scan in, and now you have uh, it's proof that you bought the codex. Because a lot of us want to buy the books, and I think that's a valid thing for GW to want to produce. They have beautiful artwork they have um you know really cool background they like codexes are cool i like having them yep and i like owning them and i i mean the fact that they sell out of collector's edition codexes every single time speaks to the fact that people like those fucking books um so if you had a barcode though at the back where you could just scan in suddenly have all the points values and those were updated i don't know monthly like in the context Which is whenever they're updated like they don't have to be doing a huge like the, the, moving to this format doesn't mean that they have to be doing more work on their balancing side it just means we're getting the information in a more meaningful way yeah totally but i think they can do more work that's the other thing like once a year if you're gonna if you're gonna release you know back when we worked at gw four let's say four 40k codexes a year at most right yeah um because typically it would be two months worth of releases per army yeah and they'd be offset with fantasy and yeah. other shit yeah and then you also had the holidays which usually didn't have a release yeah um they had something else so yeah i mean if you have four ish 40k books a year sure balance that yearly but the fact is dan made the very good point that we had eight space marine releases in two-ish months three-ish months like that's crazy and then all the psychic awakening stuff sisters of battle are coming out like it's just the pace is too much you need to have you need to have a way of dealing with this monthly or even after every release because every release affects the meta and if especially if you're going to have a million specialist games coming out with stuff constantly as well like it's not granted i'm sure those are very segregated um studio resources like it's not the same team working on everything yeah but like just again the sheer volume of projects that they have going on at any given time it's just bonkers the other thing that's interesting though now too is that there's more data showing things being broken than just a guy screaming on the internet uh about it being a problem like 40k stat center is actually a really interesting uh, development in competitive 40k yeah because the, the guy has the same thing too yeah the guy that's running 40k stat center has like with with coupled with bcp now that he has direct access to the data set from bcp um he can unequivocally say this army is overperforming because of x statistical measures like it's not just it wins a lot you can actually factor out a lot of the the noise and actually say for sure that it's too good yeah, yeah. which is which is interesting which it comes back to the fact that gw needs to have a better way and faster way of dealing with these things because we can tell within a week then our army is too good yeah, or like too you, poor. You can see that Slanesh and AOS has a 70% win ratio in tournaments. Yeah. And almost 50% of its losses are in mirror matches. Yeah. Like, sorry, that, that as appropriate as it was that Slanesh's win ratio was 69 point something percent. <laughs> it's a very, very nice number for Slanesh. 
It's a very nice number. Yeah, as soon as you're but you're crushing the tournament seam and then you're coin flipping against yourself. Because yeah, daughters, daughters of Cain and um, and a lot of the other competitive like top tier AOS armies had about a sixty percent win ratio. Yeah, and Slanesh was head and shoulders above them at seventy. Like that's just it's nuts. And what's crazy and they, about and this? they've been that way for like six seven months. What's crazy to me about this is. Uh, a year ago when Yunari were the, the absolute shit, Yunari had not even close to the win ratio that Iron Hands have now. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's pretty wild. The people that, like, were super salty about Yunari, nothing on Iron Hands, which is interesting. Or potentially <laughs> Salamanders, or... Yeah, I think, I think Iron Hands will still be better than Salamanders, but I think Salamanders are going to make every other Imperium army that relies on the infantry better. Yeah. So, I don't know, man, and ultimately, Games Workshop's been actually pretty good in the last, I'd say, four or five years of understanding the trends of where the market's at and adapting accordingly. I hope so, yeah. Um, yeah. But this is one thing, they got to get their heads out of their asses, man. Like, they need they to... They need to take Privateer Press's lead. They need to follow that same, like, do it electronically. And you know what? I think the 100 buck one-shot is probably... did the same for X-Wing. Yeah. Yeah, like the hundred dollar one shot, not viable with Games Workshop's overall policy. But would you drop ten bucks a month to just have access to all the resources? Codex as a service, dude. I'd probably spend more than that, but don't tell them I said that. <laughs> but like, it's fine. They don't. They clearly don't listen to our podcast. No. Yeah, but like, you would spend more. But I think your average gamer, ten bucks a month, that's like Spotify or dude, a Twitch. A lot of people in this hobby will like um, be Patreons for like. Best in Faction Podcast Twitch or uh, Pro Tabletop or coaching services. Like I think it's it's not unreasonable to have a live updated rule set and charge twenty bucks a month for it. Honestly, I know I'd pay for it. I like ten more, but of course, yeah. give it to me for free. <laughs> um, one of the things that they were moving in the right direction in my mind is the rule set. The main rule book is still free. You know what? Actually, and this is maybe a little bit convoluted. What I think would be a great fucking business model for mm. it is if every codex has like a Q code or something on it and it's like a, a $10 a month fee that only gets charged if you don't scan a new book in that month. So if, as long as you're buying one codex a month, you get the sustainable stuff for free. That's pretty cool. Right? That's an interesting idea. Like you could have something like that where if you're buying the physical copies of things, you're not having to also spend the online money. Yeah. And then there's the people that don't want to buy all the physical copies that can spend the money for the... Because I'm honestly, like, 40 bucks for their digital codexes. Yeah. That's too much. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I agree. That's just too much. I agree. I agree. Considering the work is... Like, yes, they do a little bit of work to make it more interactive. Yeah. But, like, come on. That's that's a couple hours in InDesign. Like, fuck off. No, but... the Yeah, I know what you're saying. A novel, like a... The thing that, that always surprises me is you look at, like, an audiobook. You buy one for $10. It's voice acted, it's read, it's produced, it's mixed. The amount of work that goes into that is very, probably similar to a codex. You have to have a graphic artist, you have to have a writer, but you still have to have the writer in the audiobook. Like, I can see a lot of that being similar. So it's a pretty good parallel, actually, because the book's already been written. Yeah. For a different medium. Yep. So you're just paying for those other services. I would argue a lot more goes into doing an audiobook than it does to do an yeah, EPUB version probably. of an already print book. Probably. Because they're designing sure. it nowadays with both in mind. Probably. 
Either way, they need to get the... You're, you're totally right. They need to move to a digital format. Um, th and I do want to say, I'm not upset with the releases or the release schedule, because all the releases have added a ton of flavor. I'm okay with Marines the being good. The content is still good. It's just, on a competitive level, it's I'm stoked that Iron Hands are great. Like, I want them to be good. I want Ultramarines to be good. I want uh, White Scars to be good. I want all these armies to be playable and solid and uh, competitive, because that makes for a healthier game. I just don't want it to be like, what month did I buy 3.5 Chaos Codex? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, for me, that was the biggest thing, is that that, that was probably one of the worst examples of them mismanaging a rule set back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, depending on what year you bought that Codex, which looked exactly the same, yeah, yeah. your rules could be potentially wildly different. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that's cool about that is they could actually balance units for each sub-faction. Like, if they did that, like, White Scar's... Uh, Terminators or Storm Shields. Maybe they're more expensive than Ultramarines. Right? Yeah. You can do stuff that's way more interesting. You can be more dynamic. You can be ahead of the curve. point, actually. Yeah. Points balancing by sub-faction, because your, um, whatever, million other special rules interactions are going to be very different. Yeah, and you can point to statistics to make that happen. Anyways, we should move on. Yep. So, what was the last topic? Oh my god, what was our last topic? This is a problem. Sisters of Battle. <laughs> Sisters of Mikey! Battle. Mikey, it was your topic. I just said, can we talk about it? I don't have that much to talk about. because nothing's out yet, but oh my God, I'm excited. There's new <laughs> models. There's new codex. There's rules, hopefully new. I'm sure it is. And I ordered the box. I did it within the first 10 minutes, so I'm not one of those poor guys that didn't get in there. Like the rest of Canada? Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Should have moved to Sweden. I got the call. It's in. I'm really excited. I've got the two special edition models they put out for Sisters, the plastic and the resin one. Um, so my question to you is why, huh? why do you want to play Sisters? I've always liked them and it's one of the and it's always like okay, if they come out with, you know, a real no not to be offensive, but honestly, they were always felt like <laughs> they always felt like they'd never had the full codex treatment or if they did, they didn't get the full miniature line treatment at the same time. You're not very offensive, that's entirely true. Dude, the first time they gave them a real codex, it was half other Inquisition bullshit. Yeah. Witch Hunters, yeah. Witch Hunters, so, so, to me, I, I, it seems to me they've moved away from that kind of crap. And if it's coming out as a codex, there's going to be a full army now that you can do of sisters. So, And also, once the plastic started coming out, metal totally lost its luster for me. And for the longest time... Yes, even though it is could... technically more lustrous. Yeah, okay, you understand what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're There's saying. There's no detail. It's <laughs> I... not as sharp. <laughs> Listen, I had to... Fuck just... you, Tom. I um... just finished putting together a bunch of Infinity miniatures. Yeah. I hate putting together pewter miniatures. Yeah, it's and it's, it's they can look awesome. They can be really yeah, good, but you breathe the wrong way. It falls over on its side. The antenna breaks off. It's maybe not broken, but you know what? The paint's going to rip around it. Yeah, you gotta reglue it. If you don't glue it just right, there's gonna be glue all over the place. It's gonna have, it's no, just plastic is a million times better. I agree. Yeah. So that's the other reason because they seem to move away from Peter and resin. They're, yes. they're doing plastic. So, hey, finally everything I want, and it's one of the two armies I don't have that I can cross off my list. So do you know what order you're gonna do? Uh, it's the white ones, order of the bloody, bloody rose. rose. I think it, it is. Might have been the sacred or, rose or the sacred or rose. It's something like that. The a, lot of the, a lot of the names are similar. Kiss from a Rose? 
Ooh, man. That would be awesome if he did the Prince Seal an, Sisters in some fashion. Can you do an Inquisitor that's just Seal? Like the really messed up face. <laughs> yeah, wow, wow. Um, no, you I... went there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, Cody ass? Paint up Cody ass? Sure. Yeah. Granted, okay. I, you know, uh, when I say I have all the armies, I'm not including stuff like Space Wolves, Blood Angels. yeah, yeah. You but I have, have to start AC. I've got no. Actually, I've got three. I've got <laughs> Scorpions, Ultramarines, and Dark Angels. Sure, yeah. But you, you have, have to start AC. Yes. <laughs> so what? The thing about sisters. And great knights. The thing about sisters that I'm excited for. And custodes. No. Okay. Sorry. I don't have custodes. Okay. That's a full army. God damn it! I got two. Fortunately, <laughs> custodes will be like a weekend for you. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty small. Yeah, yeah they make retro- Retributor Gold spray. You're fine. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, nine models is literally a thousand points, uh, which hurts a bit. Um, no, actually, I think Sisters are going to be an interesting release because clearly there's an appetite for them. The Beta Codex has been um, well-received. People are really interested in it. Uh, and the released... Um, new order like chapter traits or whatever you want to call it that they teased yeah. online look absolutely insane and they're clearly doing what they do with space marines where it's like this is your first benefit in addition you get this and then the third thing is in addition you get another thing like there are three components to almost all of the the particular okay. um, traits um, so every single one of them is going to be really really solid um, I think thing that I'm most interested in is actually not the sisters. I really want to see what they do with Arcoflagellants and the Penitent Engines and all the stuff about the Ecclesiarchy that I find really cool. And they'd be really fun to throw into an Admech army. Yeah, I mean, I can understand them not totally getting along. The Omnissiah isn't really... doesn't really mix with the Ecclesiarchy too well in terms of, like, the, the theological beliefs. But aesthetically. Yeah. Um, but the Arcoflagellants in the background they need to be way better than they currently are. Like, Arcoflagellants are basically like an Eversur assassin. So I really want to see what they do with that if they if they tone those uh, or t- turn those up quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting, for sure. And honestly, the models for this these releases are fantastic. Like, yep. you look at the new iteration of Repentia. Oh, finally. So much better than the old ones. Like, the old ones were honestly embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, it made the hobby look bad. Yeah. It, well, it made it look like a bunch of uh, teenage boys in a basement, what they would come up with, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, Whereas the new ones are badass. Yeah. Um, some of the new heads for the, the Sisters of Battle, like, that one bald head is fucking... Like, there's Ripley, someone, yeah. as everybody's calling it online, because that's exactly... When I think of, like, badass female characters, Ripley's pretty high up there in terms of sci-fi they're making them more badass than just combat heels like they're not like they have they arguably are one of the most grimdark looking releases i think they've done yet yeah uh you're gonna say something what was i gonna say seraphim are amazing Uh, we're gonna say that don't penitent engines yes (gasps) yeah apparently two versions now too close combat version and the shooty version with heavy bolters yeah, interesting. No. We'll see what that, that looks like. But yeah. you know, who knows? <laughs> Maybe there's going to be some kind of like a, a stratagem for like blessed heavy bolters or some shit like that. Yeah, something. Uh, yeah, actually, okay. I'm thinking the way they were painted, it looked like every fourth round in the ammo chain was painted a different color. If they have incendiary rounds of some sort, like every fourth round is a phosphor round, so like they had 
like yeah. mortal wound heavy bolters i could see that being a thing could be interesting yeah pen engine engines in my mind are meant to just run forward and die gloriously um that's why they put the body on the outside of the armor <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, oh, God, I so love stupid. how tortured everyone is in that list. I actually really so bad. Did you did we read the short story about the um, uh, what? Are, what are the names of the sister superiors? Sister superior writing a letter and talking about the vexator pen. No. And so the entire idea was the pen was just covered in needles, so it constantly vexed you as you wrote to remind you of the pain and how much the emperor suffers. Hmm. It's just like, oh my God, okay, guys, tone it down a bit. <laughs> this is too much. Um, anyways, the Seraphim, I was going to say, those are the models that I actually think are the coolest in the entire box set. I think the Seraphim are finally, uh... They're the best models in the old range, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. The the heads on the Seraphim are super cool. I can see them with Celestine being a total centerpiece to an army. Yeah. yeah. And the new tanks are looking cool, like... I mean, it, yeah, the... I've never been a huge fan of the Exorcist. Is that the Oregon one? Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't been, but... Eh, that being said, this one has an organ with, like, every sixth organ tube just has a missile clearly in it. <laughs> it's pretty 40k, I will give it that. That would be the description I would use, but the idea of a pipe organ shooting missiles is... Yeah, they're pipe bombs. Eh, a bit ridiculous. I think it's pretty neat, and I think if you had, like, a song playing at your table when you were playing games, that'd be... Like, like some Phantom of the Opera shit. <laughs> that doesn't seem very 40k-ish. Phantom of the Opera. What universe is Phantom of the Opera not 40k? -ish? I don't know. I don't know. What would you? It's, it's a pretty dark be, score. I feel like it's got to be like some sort of pipe organ with Wagner. <laughs> way too upbeat for 40k. Yeah. Oh man. No, it's it's a cool range. I'm excited for you to paint it up and play it. I'm I'm also interested to see. A lot of competitive players have Sisters of Battle. I know there's a lot of them out there that have thrown them into certain lists. I'm interested to see if they uh, become a staple. I think they I think they might be. I think they could be really darn good. Well, it'll be interesting, too, to see if they're built to be really viable as a soup army or if they'll really only make sense being a standalone. I, wonder if, I, wonder I really hope it's going to be a standalone. I really genuinely hope that I, everything they're doing moving forward is to avoid soup. They're I think, moving that direction. I think I hope Vegas so. will be interesting to see about a sister's army. What's that? Vegas. Oh. I think LVO will be an interesting indication of... Let's if, see if they can get the models out in time, because it still seems like it's going to be a trickle well, for... But a lot of the models have already been out. Yeah, yeah, just yeah if models. people want a proxy or yeah, use yeah, Tuck's yeah, Girls in the Galaxy or whatever the other proxy models or were. Or just the old models in general, because the codex will be out. And the old models are still good sculpts. Yep. They're just not as good. And they're some of the, as fuck. And I have a bunch, so hit me in. And they're metal. <laughs> <laughs> they're, some of, they're some of the best skulls from the early 90s. Or mid-90s, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll were, see. They were, they're, they're great. They're great models. I've always really, really liked them. Yeah, Vegas is going to be interesting, because there's just so much on the table. Like the new Chaos stuff, new uh, Sisters of Battle stuff. Um, frankly, some of the new Eldar stuff is in, is in play there, too. All the Space Marines. If chapter approved drops points in certain things. And we'll have a shitload of data to complain about the meta afterwards. Yep. And what's really weird, we're only going to have chapter approved for like a month. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the first Because we're two weeks out from that. For sure. And LVO is mid-January. Hammer in the New Year is going to be the first sort of mini little test of, in terms of big-ish tournaments, probably about 100 players. And then, yeah, LVO will be a whole different thing. Anywho, 
Yeah. We should wrap this up. All right. So until next time, this has been another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm Tom. I'm Ward. I'm Mike. I'm Steve. I'm Dan. And uh, what battle tech are you playing right now? The DLC that came out last week. Nice. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention and I got my scout mech killed really early. It was a problem. <laughs> so until next time, uh, paint some Necromunda, play some Necromunda, and... Uh, and don't let your commando get its leg shot off. Exactly.